Wasn't that beautiful? I could not help but notice a beautiful piano as well, which they had. It was just beautiful, all in all. Now, next on to um, the session of testimony. Now, everybody's testimony is a powerful way, um, uh, a powerful, it's powerful because it's a way you're telling others how God worked in your life. Giving your personal testimony is a way to share gospel with others where you describe to others your personal salvation experience and it gives others an example of how God has the potential to change people's lives. So on to our testimony session. We're going to start by Tasha with our first testimony. Hi, good evening, everyone. Happy Sabbath. Um, so I guess um, I'm going to share my testimony and uh, I don't know where to begin. I'll try and condense it down as much as possible. Um, so some of the youth know that uh, during the midst of the pandemic, I had a bit of, not a bit, I had an entire career change. So um, the members of Champs would know that I studied law. I was did internships in law, worked for the home office, uh, quit my job at the home office, came back, uh, started doing support work while I was trying to find another job. And then um, my dad got cancer. And so I had to be his uh, primary caregiver. So I wasn't able to apply for jobs in law anymore. And I kind of reached a place where I also realised that I didn't want to work in law anymore. So I started doing my master's in journalism because that's something, writing is something that I really love to do. But I had been praying about it constantly. I was like, Lord, I, I don't know how I'm going to navigate myself in this field. I don't know anyone who does journalism because I realized that in our church, we are very lucky um, in terms of professions, you will be able to find doctors, lawyers, accountants, engineers, nurses, and they can guide you. But when it comes to journalism, I couldn't find anyone. So I just prayed to God as to how he was going to help me navigate my way through this field. Um, to cut the long story short, um, the pandemic happens and I'm still doing support work and I'm working in a place where um, PPE is low and they're not really following the guidelines. In fact, we got an email saying that we should still come to work even if like members of our household have coronavirus symptoms. So I decided to put in my annual leave. I'm like, I'm not, I have to find a way out of this place. And while I was figuring that out, um, some of the youth know that I'm a bit of a Twitter addict and I was tweeting about like stuff and music that I like and uh, the editor of Teen Vogue reaches out to me and she says, I've seen your tweet. Um, can we put your tweet in a particular article that we're writing about? And I said, well, sure, okay. And then I, I definitely heard the Holy Spirit telling me pitch her your idea because I had a specific idea um, that, I had been grappling with for a few days. So um, I pitched her 
the idea and she said yes and to cut the long story short again I've basically been working for Teen Vogue for the past six months so the amount of work I've been able to do freelance writing um um, has basically meant I no longer have to work in a place that is not following the government guidelines in terms of um, COVID. And it's actually basically my dream job. So I've been able to write about the things that I like and I care about for the past six months while still doing my degree and while um, basically being able to work from home. So in that time, I've been able... God has basically provided a way for me to um, write for Teen Vogue, for British Vogue, for MTV, for the Grammys. And I, oh yeah, and I'm like, and there's like, I've been presented the opportunity like to help write a book as well. And that's just been over the past six months. So I just want to say that I'm very grateful to God for these opportunities that I couldn't have even dreamed happening, especially when I haven't even like qualified officially as a journalist yet. So I just want to give honor and glory to God for that. So thank you for your time. And Amen. Congratulations, Tasha, first of all, on this amazing opportunity that you're undertaking. Like, I think it has been a roller coaster ride for you with the ups and so much, um, you know, with the downs and ups, like, but ultimately even though you had to take that difficult journey like you are in a better place than where you envisioned to be so congratulations and uh, we have a star amidst us <laughs> okay now um, on to our next program where um, we will be having another praise song which is called Agnes Day. Now, I did wonder if that was an English song, but actually that is. It means, uh, Agnes Day means a figure of lamb bearing a cross or a flag as an emblem of Christ. And again, it will be delivered to us by the beautiful Hilton family. Uh, the original, I think you just need to turn on the audio for that. Hello, um, I'll introduce myself. My name is Joy. Um, the next song we're going to sing is called Agnes Day. So the song repeats, holy, 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 are you Lord God Almighty? And I think those words resonate in this time that we're living in so to all those who are listening wherever you are just remember that God is almighty mightier than whatever storm you may be facing in your life um yeah let us raise our hands and praise
Amen. Now on to another testimony all the way from France, from Tracy. Now Tracy has been a friend of Chelmsford SDA Church and she has been there, like I've been told by Chisola, that she has been here with us, spent time in Chelmsford for a few number of years. And yeah, on to Tracy now to our next testimony. Hi everyone, so happy to see you and to be with you tonight. I just want to share with you a little testimony. I will try my best to speak in English. Um, last summer, I lost my grandmother. And at first, that can be a bad testimony, but we'll see at the end. Um, my my auntie called me and told me that my grandmother was sick and all of these things. And I said to her that, no, my grandmother is good because I spoke with her um, uh, in the middle of July and she was good, healthy. And she talked to me about life. We were singing together as always. And she said to me that, no, I have to come home because mommy, she's feeling sick now. So I have to come in Guadeloupe as soon as possible because she don't know if mommy will uh, have left days. So I said to her that I can come because I already booked my ticket for coming in Guadeloupe in of the middle of August. And now I can just like leave my work and come and that's not possible because I didn't ask my bosses for that. So uh, she spoke with me about it and my mom called me too. She said to me that my grandmother was sick and she can talk, she can move. I said to her, but that's crazy because I spoke with her, she was good. And she said to me too that I have to try to come home early. And I said to her, but I can because of the virus. I can go like that. And I didn't know if the, I can have a ticket like that. And so I said to her that, don't worry, mommy will not dead now. Maybe at the end of the year, but not in summer. But um, she died a few days after my mom told me that I have to come home. And I pray God and I say to God that um, I really have to go in Guadeloupe. I don't know how, when, what can you do about it, but I really have to need to go. And um, I talked to my boss and I said to her that I have to leave. I have to go in Guadeloupe. I have to change my holidays and I need to leave now in July. And she said to me, well, it's okay. You can take everything you want. Just go. I can understand. So I was worried because I said to myself that maybe I can't really have a flight because of the virus. And... I look and for the company and they said to me that I can move my date like that. It's okay. And normally I was supposed to be staying in Guadeloupe for maybe three weeks, but finally I just booked for four weeks and I didn't pay nothing, no extra. They just changed my date. And even for the test, because when you have to take a plan, you have to take the virus thing. I don't know how we can call that. And even for the test, they just give me an appointment for the same day for me to, to be there and to take the, the test. And I pass it. And the day after that, I just book a ticket. I leave. And I was in time in Guadeloupe to 
see my family, to be with them. And I was thinking about that and I was say to God that um, even in the bad thing, we can really trust him. We don't have to be worried what thing can happen next. We just have to, to keep faith and trust in him. So tonight, I just want you to, to trust in God, even in the bad situation or for everything, we just need to trust him because God knows everything before we know it. So we just need to trust him and it will guide the way and we just have to follow him and everything we will, we will go, uh, will be good, sorry. So yeah, it was that I want to share with you tonight. Thank you for that uh, testimony, Tracy. And really sorry for your um, godmother's loss, but um, about the fact that you said, hope we understand your English, you're perfectly fine. Please don't worry about that at all. And thank you for being there with us and sharing this uh, message um, with us. Now on to the next uh, praise song, Shout to the Lord, from the Hilton family once again. So on to our next praise song, Shout to the Lord. Okay. Thank you. 
Beautiful. Sorry, my bad. It was Lord, I lift your name on high. Just got a bit mixed up, but okay. I hope you all enjoyed that. Now, since this is our last Friday Night Live for 2020, we have two special items. We have a special prayer by Jefferson and we have a special song as well. So first, on to Jefferson for a special prayer. Let's pray, guys. Our loving Father in heaven, we come to thy presence. God, we are so, so grateful for who you are in our life. You know, Lord, the most amazing thing about you, that you can able to love us, whether we can know, whether we know you or not. Because such amazing love that we can't find in any human being but only in you. So we want to thank you, Lord. We want to praise you. And at this moment, I'm bringing our young people, Chelmsford Youth, into their hand. Whether people from the church or not, whether people who's attending this service uh, from Chelmsford or not, Lord, whoever is watching this and listening to this prayer, I pray, Lord, today you bless them. Lord, there's so many young people today going through mental health issues. Some of them trying to commit suicide. Some of them going through depression. Some of them are just saying a prayer, Lord, just take my life away. It is not because they want to die, Lord, because the pain is too much. They, they don't want to bear it anymore. So they're trying to find a way of escape. But Lord, you are an amazing God that said in the text, no temptation has overtaken you such as common to man. But you are so faithful that you will not put us in a test where we cannot able to bear it. But also through the test, you will make a way of escape. So I pray, Lord, let them find a way of escape through Jesus today. I pray, Lord, whatever stress, either from relationship, financial difficulties, or work, or purpose, or the relationship with you, or the family, Lord, whatever trauma it is in the name of Jesus, break them, uh, break, give them a breakthrough, Lord. Break them and shape, uh, shape them today. And Lord, I pray for the young people who's getting ready for the exams especially the ones who's taking uh, ready the, uh, uh, for the GCSE exam, Lord, I pray that you be with them. Lord, you have said, if anyone struggles with wisdom, let them ask the Lord who is gracefully uh, give the wisdom. So Lord, I pray that you give them enough of wisdom so they can get uh, good grades uh, so that they can make their parents proud, their friends happy, above all to give glory to your name so they can become a great citizen in this kingdom and the kingdom to come. Lord, I pray for our young people who going through uh, challenges in the career, in the profession, or Lord, in the purpose why they're born for. Some of the young people are struggling. Lord, as we heard testimony by Tasha, Praise you, Father, that somehow you have a sense of humor that how you can pick up us from uh, uh, little corners of the place and put us in a great places to do mighty work so that your name can be glorified. So, Lord, I pray for every single young people who's coming out of university, who's going to finish the university, or while they're in the career, they don't know what to do. I pray in the name of Jesus, you give them a clear mind because you have said, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power love and sound mind so lord give them a power give them courage today and let them have a clarity about what you want to what you want them to do lord i pray for young people who lost their loved ones lord it is hard 
Lord, the world can whisper into the ears saying, you know, death is it, that's it, that is the end of the life. But Lord, when we turn the scriptures, it says that it's just the beginning of eternity to take place. So Lord, I pray for the young people who lost their loved ones, is grieving, they don't know what to do, they don't know how to move on. I pray that you give them strength and peace. So with courage, they will take a step to say, you know what, I'm going to carry the legacy and the light they left on us so that then uh, your name will be glorified. And when they see on the resurrection day, they can tell the stories that is being left here, Lord. I pray that you protect us. I pray, I pray for the preacher who's going to preach. Bless them, dear Lord, not just the sermon, but their very own life and their family. Give them whatever they need by their grace and by their will. And for the rest of the prayer request, I haven't known, Lord, but you know you search our hearts even before we say anything. You know our minds, oh Lord. So bless them and take care of them. Bless this Sabbath day, Lord. You already blessed it. Help us while we are in this blessed day. So your name will be glorified and we receive your blessing and we will share the blessing that you're giving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Jefferson, for that um, powerful prayer. Now on to the um, special song by the Chelmsford Youth Choir, Solid Ground. We're just going to share it once again and we hope you um, enjoy listening to it. days when you are up, on the days when you are down. God stays the same from round to round, He's your solid ground. On the days when you are up, on the days when you are down, God stays the same from round to round, He's your solid ground. Flowers fade, seasons change, the grass withers away. But God's worth will always remain the same. On the days when you are up, on the days when you are down, God stays the same from round to round. He's your solid ground In the sunshine and the rain In the joy and in the pain God stays the same from day to day He's your hiding place In the sunshine and the rain In the joy and in the pain God stays the same from day to day Your solid ground. 
Didn't that bring a smile to your face? It surely did for me. Now onto the main part of today's um, session. Um, our speaker for the time is Anil Kanda. He is the Young Adult Director for the Central Californian Conference in America. And this is the conference that recently did a joint summit with NACU's, uh, sorry, NACU. <laughs> All right, so we're really happy that we have you with us today. Um, um, and um, I'm just going to pass it on to you to lead us from here onwards to the sermon. Awesome. Thank you again, everyone. Appreciate that. Appreciate the beautiful service you guys have going on. Um, uh, I'm just really blessed just listening to you guys. So thank you again. Happy Sabbath. Um, even though Sabbath hasn't started here in California, uh, it's good to be able to uh, transport myself via Zoom and, and join you guys as well in this time of worship. Um, why don't we start with the word of prayer and then we're going to jump into the message right away. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much again for the Holy Spirit. And Lord, thank you again for today. We pray a blessing. Open up our hearts as we open up your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Thank you again, uh, uh, Chumsford Church and uh, Pastor Melky. I think I pronounced that right for the invitation. I just have a quick question. How much time do I have? I want to make sure I'm guarding you guys' time. Um, you have actually until um, 8.25. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to eat a bit of your time. Until 8.25. Okay. So I'm trying to figure out what time is that Pacific Standard Time. Is that like 20 minutes? Do I have 20 minutes? Yeah, around um, 17 to 18 minutes, yeah. Okay, okay, I'll keep mm -hmm. it. I'll keep it. Yeah. I'll keep it. So, okay, thank right. you. No problem. You know, it's really interesting. Um, you know, I was born and raised a Hindu. I come from a Sikh background. I was baptized as a Seventh-day Adventist Christian uh, years ago. And I praise God for stepping into my life. But the thing I, I realized that the longer I've been a Christian... I've come to this, this realization that God has always been part of my life. Even before I knew him, Jesus was already working in my life, in my circumstances. This is why the Bible tells us that Jesus is the light that lights every man's world. Nobody in this world is left without some kind of witness from God. So prior to me becoming a, a, a Christian, um, I, I remember in my house around December time, uh, the months of December, uh, what would happen is that my dad would actually have us put out a Christmas tree and he would sit us down and he would actually have us watch movies about Jesus. Now, this is really remarkable because I don't come from a Christian family. Nobody in my family is Christian. I am the only Christian. You know, I have some others that are starting to, to search and to look for God. But, but the, the truth of the matter is like, I don't, I'm not related to any Christians. I'm not related to any Seventh-day Adventists. Like outside of the, the traditional Indian faith religions that I come from, there, there's nobody else. You know, um, and, and, and so like this is really remarkable because prior to me becoming a Christian, I, I remembered and I recalled the many times during the month of December that uh, we would watch movies about Jesus. There would even be a little nativity set that was put out for us. And this is remarkable, because, again, because there was no uh, Christian friends that I had. There was no church that we were going to. Nobody was knocking on door, you know, passing out some literature. And yet the Spirit of God was working 
in the circumstances. Really powerful when you think about it. You know, one of the things I really like about Christmas, and some people, you know, every time you bring up Christmas to a group of people, you're always going to have the Grinches and the Scrooges who like saying, that's pagan, or they don't like talking about Christmas. And that's okay. That's okay. But for those that enjoy Christmas, one of the favorite things I enjoyed about Christmas growing up, you can guess, was the Christmas presents. We would actually stay up Christmas Eve all the way till midnight, and we would open up these Christmas presents. We didn't come from a wealthy family, but I just really enjoyed uh, finding out what kind of gifts that are there. Sometimes as a, a little boy, what I would do is I'd try to get my hand inside the gifts, feel around for that gift, and think to myself, I wonder what this present is. I wonder what's inside this package. Sometimes there'd be big boxes. Sometimes there'd be small boxes. Sometimes there'd be oddly shaped uh, packaging. And you'd wonder to yourself, what in the world is in this gift? We can all recall many times that we've been surprised when the packaging of the gift fooled us. And what we thought was the gift turned out to be something completely different. Today, we're going to be talking about the Christmas story in the Bible. If you have your Bible, let's go to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. Now, why am I talking about Christmas? Why am I talking about this, this packaging? Because of this. Sometimes God's greatest gifts, sometimes God's greatest blessings are often wrapped in the package of inconvenience and trial. Let me say that one more time. Sometimes God's greatest blessings, uh, the greatest things that he gives to humanity, he gives to you and to me, often come wrapped in inconvenience and trial. We're in Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, starting with verse 1. Uh, this is really interesting because we're about to read the story of Jesus' birth. Now, I want you to understand something before we start with that first verse. And that is this. When you're reading the Old Testament, you can read about powerful miracles like the Red Sea parting. You can read about the walls of Jericho coming down. You can read about the sun standing still. You can read about how God destroyed the Assyrian army. And you can read about these amazing, powerful miracles in the Old Testament. And you get this prophetic trajectory that when the Messiah shows up, it's going to be the bells and the whistles, the fireworks. God is unleashing his glory to all the world. But the crazy thing is this. When you get to Luke chapter 2, the very chapter in which the entire Old Testament was looking forward to, all of a sudden you have to put the brakes on. And you start scratching your head because you think to yourself, wait a minute, as I'm reading this chapter, it seems like the most un providential chapter in the Bible. Out of all the chapters, do you think, okay, where's the power of God? Where's the wisdom of God? Where's the glory of God? Where is God? When you get to Luke chapter 2, in the very birth of Jesus, you start scratching your heads because you're thinking to yourself, wait a minute. Did I miss something here? Let's read Luke chapter 2, starting with verse 1. Luke 2, starting with verse 1. Notice what the Bible says right here. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. 
So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Now, I want you to notice the very first thing that happens in the chapter that Jesus is born. The Bible tells us that Caesar Augustus, the adopted son of, of Julius Caesar, was on the throne. In fact, what is really interesting is that Caesar Augustus started what's called Pax Romana, or the 200 years of peace for Rome. He was called the Prince of Peace, the bringer of peace. What's really incredible is that there are actually Roman titles given to Caesar Augustus that, uh, that are really remarkable and translated, they mean son of God. Here you have in, in this very chapter, the most powerful person, uh, a man who was uh, raised in palace, who now sits on the throne, who is worshiped as a God. The, the Bible tells us this is the context in which Jesus comes to this world, that all eyes are on Rome. And the scriptures tell us that this, this, this uh, authoritative body set out some legislation and they forced people into this uh, period of migration where they would have to leave their towns, their homes, their careers. Some of their family would have to separate from their friends and they would have to travel to the place that they come from to be registered for a census. You can just imagine the inconvenience that probably hit Joseph. Here he is as a carpenter. Here he is. He had just, uh, you know, starting his business, starting to get established. When he gets the word, you got to pack up, you got to move out, and you got to travel all the way, about 32 hours of travel, all the way to Bethlehem. Plus, his wife is pregnant. You, you can just imagine the inconvenience in this whole chapter. Let's continue to read. Verse 4, Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And when she had brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped in swaddling cloths, laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the end. L let, me just, let me just make this a, a little bit thicker for us, okay? I don't know how it is in England, but I can tell you for sure that when you go to California during the month of December, you're going to see nativity sets everywhere. And we're talking about polished, beautiful nativity sets there where you have the baby Jesus. There's a light facing him. You got Mary and Joseph. Her face is lighted up. You got uh, the, the, the cow. You got the donkey. You got the sheep. And they're also bowing down. You got the wise men there. And then you also got Santa Claus and you got snowman there as well in these, some of these nativity sets. And it's just very beautiful. And when people are driving by, they stop their cars and they take pictures. But I want you to understand something. When you study out the biblical description of the birth of Jesus, you find it to be even more um, humbler than what's portrayed during the month of December. The Bible tells us something really interesting. The scriptures tell us that there was no room for them in the end. So what happened? Mary and Joseph had to go to a manger, and the Bible tells us that Jesus was actually born in a manger. Now, I hope this sticks in, okay? If anybody here has ever been in a barn before, you know something about barns. What do you know? They smell like animals. 
And the reason why they smell like animals is because that is a place where animals live. It's also a place where animals go to the bathroom. Uh, a, a barn or a stall is a place that's not smell like potpourri or air freshener, okay? This is a place that stinks. It is a place that's not necessarily clean. This is the place in which Jesus was actually born, the Son of God, who the Bible tells us throughout the entire Old Testament was prophesied to come. When you're studying up this very chapter, you're like, wait a minute, I'm scratching my head. Wait, why is it that the God who performs the, the parting of the Red Sea and the, the breaking downs of the walls of Jericho, he's the God who, who you know, keeps the sun there still during the time of uh, the battle of Joshua at Gilgal? Why is it that when he shows up, it's like the most inconvenient time of all of human history? Because there is something we need to understand. And that is this. That when God steps into the story of humanity, he steps into the reality that you and me face every day. A reality full of inconveniences. A reality full of injustices. A reality full of discouragement. A reality full of darkness. In this very chapter, the story of God comes into contact with the story of humanity. Jesus was not born in palaces, and he was not surrounded by the, a grand military. Uh, there was not royal robes that were there for him, and a, and a royal uh, you know, uh, a, a place for Jesus to be born. There wasn't uh, nurses that were there. You see, that when Jesus was born into this world, he stepped into the very circumstances that most people like you and me deal with. A life when things don't work out the way they should. What's really incredible about this, though, is that God gave the greatest blessing that he gave to humanity, and it was packaged in inconvenience and trial. It's oftentimes that when we are wrestling with things, when we're going through a discouraging time, when circumstances seem to be against us, like they probably felt for Joseph and Mary, that God is actually up to some very powerful things in our lives. And we're going to realize in the end that the setbacks were actually setups for a comeback. God was doing something powerful during those times. And we can understand the beauty of that promise in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, that all things work together for good for them that love the Lord and called according to his purpose. You know, we're told in, in the spirit of prophecy that one day we will look back and we will praise God for all the ways that he led us. Now, I want you to understand the implication of that thought. Apparently, the future you not the present you, but the future you is going to be able to look back on many of the circumstances that took place and praise God, not because they happened, but because God brought something out of those circumstances that did take place. The birth of Jesus, which brought salvation to you and to me, happened during a time where people were forced out of their homes. It happened during a time where people had to sort of uh, put the brakes on the plans of their lives. 
It happened during a time when the world was turned upside down and they were put in very precarious situations. The birth of Jesus happened at the most inconvenient and seemingly random moments of human history. It was like he was born in 2020. There's a point I want to bring next. Notice what the Bible says at that very moment. Go to verse 8. Go to verse 8. Now there was in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over the flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. Notice the very next verse. As soon as that angel says those words, notice the very next verse. And suddenly, in other words, immediately, uh, you could say abruptly, okay, what happens next? Notice what it says. There was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Now, if you, if you, if you count that reaction, you're going to notice something. Apparently, when this angel says something to these shepherds and he says, look, you're going to find the baby in a certain location and it's going to look like this. All of a sudden, it was as if the rest of the angelic choir could not be held back and they just started singing. They're like, well, they're praising God. No, no. What you are seeing is a reaction. A reaction to what? A reaction to what that angel says. In other words, Whatever this angel had said caused a reaction in the choir that they began to abruptly sing, filled the sky, and began to praise God so powerfully. What did they say? What did that angel say? Notice what it says in verse 12. When he's talking to these shepherds, this is really interesting. He says this, this will be a sign to you. Okay, what's the sign? You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly, okay, what? What's the big deal here? Like those angels understood something, right? Well, what did he understand? In other words, whatever that one, don't miss this point, whatever that angel had said caused a reaction in the heavenly choir. What was that reaction? As he began to describe to the shepherds where they would find the baby, he began to articulate something about the circumstances and the very description of the Messiah's birth produced a reaction in the angels. What was that? You know, there's something that angels at least get a little bit better than humanity. They understand more of the condescension of God than we do. 
let me let me break this point down a little bit more you see as these angels as this one angel is talking to these shepherds he's like you're gonna find the messiah where are we gonna find him you're gonna find him in an animal stall okay and he's lying and if you look at the word manger it's actually even the footnotes they'll take feed trough he's on a feed trough and he's wrapped in swaddling cloths. At that very moment, it was like the, the, the angels' choirs, they couldn't hold themselves. They just started singing praises to God because what the shepherds did not fully grasp and what many people did not grasp that moment, but the angels grasped, they understood who God is and they begin to understand more and more of the great condescension of God coming down to this world as a human baby and not just born as Adam, okay? Not just born in a pre-fallen world, but born with thousands of years of, of a, a, into a sinful humanity. Jesus came in this part of humanity's timeline. And he came not just as this beautiful being, but he came in the form of a little child, a helpless babe. You know, something's going to happen one day when we get to heaven. You know what's going to happen? One day you're going to get to heaven. And, and you're going to talk to your angel and you're going to say to your angel, you're going to say, angel, could you show me where planet Earth is? And he's going to be like, yeah, I can show you where planet Earth is. And what he does is he opens up this gigantic star map. And you're like, okay, where's, where's, where's planet Earth? Is that planet Earth? He's like, no, 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 that's not planet Earth. That's your galaxy. Your, your galaxy? He's like, yeah, hold on. And he gets to that little dot and he opens it up more. And you see a couple more dots. You're like, okay, is that planet Earth? He's like, no, that's your solar system. You're like, okay. And so he begins to open up the solar system a little bit more. And you see a dot and you're like, okay, there's planet Earth. He's like, no, that's the sun. And he's just scratching your head. You're like, okay, where's planet Earth in all of God's creation? And he begins to open up the solar system a little bit more. And as he opens up this panoramic map, you see a little speck. And he says to you, that's Earth. And in that incredible moment, it dawns on you. That God stepped down from his throne of glory and he left the, the adoration of angels. He left the beauty and the glory and the perfection, and the colors of heaven. And he came to this speck of a world in the midst of all that he has created. And he permanently locked himself into a human body. And in very birth, he condescended to the point, the infinite God condescended to the point of being a helpless baby lying in a manger. And as that angel expressed and described where this baby was born, and as he was describing, those angels couldn't hold back, and they just started praising God for the great gift that he has given to you and to me.
They were shouting it all to the world because nobody in the world could, could, uh, was there to witness and to praise God because they could not recognize what had happened. Those angels. I don't know if anybody's ever been bungee jumping before. You guys do bungee jump. Anybody here done bungee jumping before? Okay, so... You, you know, you all know what bungee jumping is, right? It's pretty crazy stuff. You jump off a bridge, you got a rope attached to you, right? Like a rubber band, you, you, you spring back up to the top, right? You know what's really incredible about bungee jumping? Bungee jumping is not measured by how high you go up. Bungee jumping, many times, is measured by how low you go. In other words, the higher it is, the greater the distance is of how much you go down, right? The bridge is 5,000 high, five feet high. You, you can go jump bungee jump high. It goes down and down. And the higher the bridge is, the more the bungee jump is, right? And it gets, and there, I mean, there was actually something, a record that was broken by a guy who bungee jumped off a plane. And he broke a record, a plane, because there was no bridge high enough. Like, what are you, what are you getting at? You know what's going to happen throughout all of eternity? More and more as we, we know more of God, more and more as we study God, more and more as we understand God throughout the eternal ages, more and more as uh, truth and light and wisdom and revelation as glory is given to humanity, we're going to realize that the distance between earth and heaven was far greater than we really thought it was. More and more, we're going to realize God was far bigger, far greater, far more glorious than we ever thought before. And as we recognize more and more throughout the eternal ages, the glory of God, the condescension becomes even greater and greater. And realize God didn't just step down from this, this 5,000 foot bridge. He stepped down from a 10,000 foot bridge and then he gets higher and higher throughout the ceaseless ages of eternity. We're going to recognize more and more the great condescension. That's why we're told in the book Desire of Ages on this very chapter that the song that was sung by those angels is a song that we're going to be singing throughout all of eternity. Glory to God in the highest. God would have done that if you were the only sinner in this world. Amen? Amen. Closing thought. What's the closing thought? Closing thought is this. Notice what the Bible says at the very end of this section right here in Luke chapter 2. I want you to see what it says in verse 18 and 19. Because I think there's a detail here we shouldn't forget. Hey, what's that? Um, I think someone needs to mute themselves, by the way. I think someone unmuted themselves. Okay. All right. Notice what it says in Luke chapter 18 and 19. This is after all the shepherds and the manger. Notice what it points out. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Verse 19. But Mary kept these things and pondered them in her heart. The scriptures are pointing out that Mary, the mother of Jesus, that there was apparently some kind of reflection that took place in the midst of all the things that had happened to 
for those nights. What else? Go to the very next chapter. When Jesus is a young man and he goes to the temple and he's found witnessing to the Pharisees and Sadducees and the teachers of the law, notice what the Bible says in verse, chapter 3, verse 51 and 52. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. I hope you caught that. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. What's the point? The point is this. You know, when the New Testament was being written, it wasn't like, you know, you have these disciples and all of a sudden they're just recalling things. You're not reading about the disciples being around at this point. We don't know where they were. They might not have even been born, some of them. Well, well how'd they get this knowledge and wisdom about what happened to Jesus when he was a young man? Because when the New Testament was being crafted together, the Gospels, there was an interview process. They were interviewing people who had personal accounts with Jesus. One of the reasons why we understand something about the birth of Jesus and the time that Jesus was a young man, simply because a woman took time to think about what was happening. Let me say that one more time. We have a record of Jesus' glorious, this, this amazing uh, birth, this condescension, the angels praising God, the shepherds. We actually have information on that. We actually have information about Jesus going to the temple as a young man when none of the disciples were around. Why? Because Mary pondered the things that happened. You know, the Greek word ponder is the word, what's called, it's translated some. Balo. It means the word sambalo is a combination of two words. It means to add up some. Balo means things that are thrown out or things that are happening. So pondering, according to the scripture, is, is bringing together things that have happened to you and around you and for you. You see, when all these strange, mysterious things were happening, Mary pondered them. And what she was doing was she was connecting the dots. And as she connected the dots and the events around her and the providences that were taking place and, and some of the strange sort of random things, what began to form in her mind was this beautiful memory of God's work in her life. And you know what happened years later when those gospel writers were starting to put together the gospels? They said, we're going to go talk to Mary. Mary, out of anything you remember, what, what do you remember the most? I remembered when Jesus was born. And we have a story that has shaped human history. <laughs> Thousands of years, for hundreds of years. Because somebody took time to think about what God was doing in their life. In the midst of everything that's happening, in the midst of all the busyness and all the duties and all the ambitions and dreams and plans and all the things you're thinking about and all the, the, the you know, things that are happening to you. Take time. As we're closing down this year, take time to think to yourself. What has God been up to in my life?
what has been the general trajectory of things that have taken place in my life? What am I recognizing is the, the message God keeps sending in my life? What are the things he seems to be bringing in and put together those things? And you will have an experience you can praise God for. Amen. So what's the Christmas story gift? It's the gift that keeps on giving. Keeps on giving. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we just thank you so much again for your grace and mercy. Thank you for the word that you have for us. Bless all my friends here across the ocean. Lord, may each one of them know that they are loved by you. God bless their Sabbath. In Jesus' name, amen. All this time while you were speaking, I just had one thought at the back of my mind, and that was, how do I address you? Do I call you pastor, Anu? Do I call you um, elder? Or I know you are like the um, young adult director for Central, you know, in America. So how it's a bit disrespectful for me to call you just by your name. So how do I address you? Oh, uh, you, you can call me Anel or Pastor Anel. Either one works. Okay, all right. Pastor Anel, okay. <laughs> all right, because usually it's given, but it was just your name right now, so I was just wondering how do I address you. But yeah, thank you. And really thank you for your message. And uh, I think one main thing that I really picked up from the message that you gave today was that God's greatest gift often comes in inconvenient packaging. I think that was the central essence of your um, sermon. And thank you so much for sharing that with us. It was beautiful. We really love your energy. Like you, your powerful um, speaker skill, speech skills. It was really nice. Thank you for being there with us. And thank you for sharing that powerful message with us. And now on to an instrument, instrumental by Eva as the deer panted for the water. So on to an instrumental now.
for more of Eva's music, you can find her find her on YouTube at Eva J Pop. If you want to listen to more of uh, these beautiful instrumentals, now um, on to our closing prayer by Farai. Let's pray. Our dear loving Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for bringing us here. Thank you for allowing us to uh, worship with Pastor Anil as he gave such a timely message. Um, as things are not going uh, as, as they should be in the world. And Lord, just like how your uh, son came into the world um, through what's called humble beginning and he worked miracles, Lord, uh, he's also working in our lives uh, through the difficulties and what's called problems that we face. Lord, may we all feel uh, encouraged and motivated. And Lord, may we testify of the, the, the hardships that we had to go through but um, we are we are thankful because of what they have uh, resulted in our in our lives. Be with all of us as we've entered those Sabbath. May we c- continue to keep in a in a spirit of worship. Help us uh, on our own individual journeys. Um, also be with, with uh, Pastor Anil as he uh, goes away. You know those difficulties that he has in terms of leadership. Uh, bless him and his school ministry accordingly. Bless and lead all those that uh, contributed to the program and are working in your ministry. Lead and also guide us all to safely meet for a Sabbath school tomorrow morning. For your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Farai. Thank you, everyone, once again, for joining with us and being there for us. Thanks to everyone who took part and everyone who joined alongside with us. Now, just a few announcements before we bring it to a wrap. Um, tomorrow's chill and chat session after lunch will be with um, Auntie Audrey, who will be our youth leader for 2021. The session is from 2 to 2, 3.30. Um, tomorrow's guest teacher for Inverse will be Kelly Williams, who is part of the General Conference Inverse team who many of you may have seen on the YouTube show. Gospel Music Sundays continue this Sunday on Instagram Live from 7 to 7.30 p.m. And Ladies Fitness resumes this Sunday at 9.30 a.m. And then just our general church announcements. Church starts tomorrow at 9.30 a.m. We have Inverse at 10.15 a.m., the Chill and Chat session at 2 p.m. and Gospel Music Sundays from 7 p.m. onwards. Thanks for joining. Please stay in touch with us and we hope to see you all for tomorrow's Sabbath service. Happy Sabbath.